And away we go with another installment of Banker with a Beer presented by Northwestern Bank. I'm Scott across the way, as always, is Jerry. Jerry, how's it going? Scott, I am tanned, I am rested, and I am ready. Yes, uh, Jerry back from a, a little vacation, so close your eyes and, uh, and imagine Jerry out on a beach somewhere relaxing. And while we, while at the time of this recording, we're still very much uh, in a period where Mother Nature's holding on to winter. So hope you choked on that vacation. <laughs> <laughs> well, given that, though, uh, we have a good beverage that will lead us in. We're kind of in the transition period. We're going from the depths of winter to early spring. So uh, we kind of are leaving stout season behind, although we haven't got yet to IPA season. So we're going to have a transitional beer today. So we're going to have a robust porter from Bell's. They're out of Michigan. A great beverage that is going to lubricate our conversation. But we also have a great, great guest. And so as we get here into March, it also tends to be home buying season. And our local resident expert on the real estate market is Scott Wolf, and he's going to be joining us today. Scott, welcome aboard. Thank you very much. Good to I'll, be here. I'll start pouring the beers. Uh, Scott, and give our listeners uh, an update on where uh, Scott's all about. Yeah, let's do that, uh, Scott. I know you've been on the program before, and people can scroll back through on the Northwestern Bank, Banker with a Beer page, and, and find that. But for people that don't want to scroll all the way back through. Give everybody the quick synopsis as to as to who you are, what uh, led you into the world of real estate. Sure. Um, local from the area, grew up in Eau Claire. Uh, got my real estate license while I was still in college at University of Stout. Um, kind of got into it a little bit on a whim. Um, so this would be my 17th, starting, this is my 17th year in um, so I was young, starting pretty green, pretty naive, and uh, learned the ropes just through experience, and it, it's, been, it's been a good road. If you weren't doing this, what would you have been doing? What did you well, think I'd, you were going to be doing? Oh, well, well, that's the thing. I kind of went into this because I, I didn't know what I wanted to do. If you're going way back, I, I'd love to have been a professional baseball player or something, but that, that dream stopped a long time ago. <laughs> Well, the beers are just about poured, so let's, uh, what do you like to say, clink them and drink them? Clink them, drink them. All right, here we go, Cheers. boys. All right. Thank you. Let's see what you guys think of this one. A little bit of a refreshing uh, aspect to that. Beautiful. It's a, it's a nice beer. It's, mm -hmm. um, Bells are, are a great brewer, so. Well, that'll be, that'll be good there, and, and, and. I'll, I'll let uh, Jerry do a lot of the, the questioning today, but I did want to jump right to this before I, I lose this, because I think this is a good question to have mm -hmm. kind of give you a hard one right away there you know you're talking baseball I'll start you off with a 99 mile an hour slider <laughs> on the outside corner uh i know talking to a couple other uh realtors that are uh that i work with as, as clients and partners mm -hmm. obviously now is not you're starting to see a little bit more of a struggle in the market just a little bit a little bit more of a struggle it's not everyone's not feasting high on the hog this is a time where you start to, to see in the ebbs and flows who really wants to be in the industry, right? Because it's, it's, it's still fun for people that are passionate about it, but it's not really easy as it was maybe just uh, two, three years ago. This, this, is a, this is a time period where some of the fat will be trimmed out of the industry, won't it? Uh, yeah, you would think so. Um, as an as a experienced agent who's been in it for a while, it's kind of something that when I'm talking to other experienced agents that have been around for a while, we're 
we're almost hoping that that happens um, just to like you said, trim it out a little bit. This Not isn't, that it's this, a bad thing. This this isn't just what some people should consider a, a, a safety net job. This is this this is a real job that people have to go and get good education for, and then have to pay their dues. Yeah, you're right. I mean, getting the education and and passing your courses and everything that's all great, and clearly you have to do that. It's a, it's a requirement, but that does not set you up for success. I mean, you have to go through some of the ebbs and flows. Uh, it has been easier to sell a home. Uh, I will say it, it's, I, I think for newer agents, um, the word, I wouldn't necessarily call it easy because if you are lucky enough to have a listing, right, you're on the selling side, that becomes a little more easier because you know that property is probably going to sell pretty quick. If you have it priced generally correct, it's going to sell. Um, you know, they have to then navigate, are there multiple offers coming in? Because that's a real thing that's happening again. We were, everyone was kind of hoping it would go away, but that's happening again already. But the last couple of years with a lot of competing offers, a new agent that hasn't dealt with either, you know, single listings before, now all of a sudden you're doing multiple offers. So it, it's kind of, even though the home is going to sell, it still isn't easy. And then on the buyer side, if you are a newer agent who most likely has a, a younger clientele where they're looking for a first time home. I feel bad for those buyers in these last couple of years because they have had to compete their tail off and overpay for things, which people thought two years ago, what, what overpaying was, you know, if they got something two years ago, they're probably feeling pretty good about it. Mm -hmm. um, but that agent then has to learn in real time how to navigate what, what makes my offer stand out compared to others? Um, it's not just the traditional, hey, write a letter, tell tell the seller what you're all about, where you're from, and you know, you've, here's my cute dog, and you know, here's my family. Like that, it doesn't hurt, but the the meat of the offer, things with contingencies and obviously price, timing, inclusions, uh, things like that that you can include into an offer, come with experience. Um, so when you say it's easier, it, it isn't technically correct. I just, it's a different, it was, it was, it's a different market. So you might, the clients might come and the properties turn quicker, but, um, lots of new challenges. Well, here, uh, let me start up. as actually my, one of my latter questions, but I'll start with this one with listings still so tight. Why do you still need a real estate agent? Well, <laughs> The, the advent of social media become, makes it a lot easier, you know, to just like throw your house out there. Right. Anybody can do that. Um, and, you know, I don't even necessarily, you know, I don't, I don't feel bad or I, I'm not going to deter someone from trying that. But if you've never done it before in a market like this where you're going to probably, if you throw your house out on Facebook, you're going to have, you're going to get just inundated with calls, not only from buyers, but from other agents. And Hey, I have a buyer who wants to come in. Will you just pay a buyer agency? And then you're, you're all of a sudden becoming a, a pseudo agent because you're dealing with buyers and buyer agents coming in. There's a lot coming at you. So the, and then you might get multiple offers. So then, okay, how do I deal with that? And m most likely if you do have your home priced right, you are going to get multiple offers. And then at that point, if you've never done this before, 
you might end up screwing something up. Uh, there's a lot that goes into it. It's not just, hey, I'm going to pick the highest price because that highest price when you get the offer might not end up turning into that price when it closes because there's a lot of a lot of boxes that need to be checked through inspections and appraisals and financing between the offer and the closing date that takes experience as well. So getting a high offer, maybe you don't need an agent. I mean, you can throw it out, throw your house out there in any different social media forum or Zillow or whatever and get interest, but actually successfully closing it at the highest price is where you need an experienced agent, in my opinion. I mean, I I agree as well. Um, So what is, let's just start, here's where I was going to go with, but what's this, the current status of the Chippewa Valley housing market? I know we went from COVID where anything that had two two by four is struck together. <laughs> We're getting bids by 18 mm-hmm. people and waiving, you know, offers within two hours and waiving inspections and everything yeah. else uh, has, but things have changed. I mean, clearly mm-hmm. interest rates have gone up and whatever. Tell me kind of it, it, how, how in, in March of 2023, what's the current status of the Chippewa Valley home market? Yeah, I brought some stats that I'll get into as, as well here from currently. Um, what I, we're, we still have an inventory issue, right? I don't think that's any secret. Everyone kind of knows we have an inventory issue. We need more homes on the market. And when you have the interest rates rise like they did, unless people really need to sell, either from a, if it's a job change or, you know, maybe a single individual bought a home when they were single and then now they're married and they're expecting their second kid, and they, they're almost, you know, they have to upgrade just from a square footage standpoint. It's hard. Some people aren't ready to move because they're they're not only trying to upgrade their home, they're, I guess, downgrading their interest rate because they're going from maybe a two and a half to three percent interest rate to a six. So their their payments, I mean, they have to be able to afford it. So unless you're forced to move right now, a lot of people aren't. There's not that huge motivation because of interest rates being a little bit higher. And the last couple of years, prices just went really high. So in 2022, the, the average sales price in, so I, what I did is I did like Eau Claire and Chippewa counties okay. that, that encompasses Chippewa school district, Altoona, Eau Claire, Bloomer, Cadott, Fall Creek, Elk Mound, you know, everyone kind of, so 300 and 2,000-ish was the average list price and the average sale price was closer to 306. So that's 103% from list to sell, okay? Um, That was from January 1 till December 31st. Um, That number, I think, is skewed because when I I did these numbers today, I was like, that seems really low from that 103% because, I, I mean, just knowing the market and being involved in it through the year, I feel like people were overpaying over list price way more than 3%. Um, And the reason I think that is skewed, or I know it's skewed, is because like, if if I was a listing agent on a property that was listed for 300,000, okay? We had seven offers that came in in the first three days. We accepted one at 325. The moment I accepted that offer at 325, I would then do an amendment with the seller and change the list price to 325 because the list price would change to 325 before 
the appraisal gets ordered and the appraiser doesn't automatically think, oh my God, look how much they overpaid for it. Now, most appraisers can find that out anyways, but it was just something that we did to kind of help hopefully make the transaction go as smooth as possible by changing that list price. So we might have had, again, we had that list price at 300 but then accepted an offer and then changed the list price. So then when it closed, it the, the list price was 325 and it sold for 325 okay. So not every single situation we changed the price like that as a listing agent. If it was only, you know, five or $8,000 over list price, we weren't going to do that. But when it came to like a pretty drastic number, then, then a lot of people did. Is that still happening? I mean, are so, you still seeing, you know, properties sell at significant premiums over at least initial asking yeah, price? Not, not quite like that, but in the last 30 to 40 days, it's turning right back into a really competitive market. Really? Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, those properties haven't closed yet, but I can say from experience from listings I've had and writing offers for buyers that we wrote a little bit higher than list and we didn't get them. I'll be curious to see where that went. And I think, um, uh, what was I going to say? So, okay. The, the other stat I had. Okay. So when in November, like November and December are typically fairly slow in our market anyways. But then when you add in that uh, adjusted interest rate going up, it got really slow. So homes were actually sitting on the market then in November and December and, and early January places were kind of sitting there and you saw prices actually tick back down a little bit. And again, I'll be honest, I didn't know exactly what was going to happen as we went forward. Like interest rates were high. It just weren't really sure what was going to happen, but properties were actually sitting on the market, which made the prices come down for a temporary time period in order for prices to really come down. And obviously you know this too, Jerry, but Houses have to sit, multiple houses have to sit for a long period of time without selling. That happened for a short period of time. And then all of a sudden we got into February with still lower inventory. And all of a sudden we're getting those competing offers again. So because inventory is so low, we cannot keep, the prices are just not going to stay down. They just, they're going to continue to tick up until we can get more inventory on the market. And I don't really, I don't know what the, the answer is to that. I mean, there's a lot of new developments going on. People, builders are building houses as fast as they can. So is it mostly, I mean, you see this more so than anyone else. Are, is it mostly, I'll say, intramarket transactions, people here who are in an apartment or a smaller property moving up? Is it people coming from outside the area? Is it a little bit of both? A little bit of both. I will say we, were, we just had a meeting this morning, and a lot of people in our office were talking about other buyers coming in from out of the area. So there is, there is a lot of that buyers coming in from out of the area, which is to my point where we talked about before, those are the people that are moving because of jobs. Okay. Yeah. So when you say out of the area, is that like from, uh, Cornell? Is that from the twin cities? Is that from California? Yeah. I'd say more, that? more than like your, our, our, um, commute okay. more than that away. Twin cities and other, other areas coming. Um, I had someone, move here from St. Louis on to Lake Wissota uh, just about 30 days ago. Just called up randomly, you know, a handful of months ago when we started talking about this, but they're just like, 
we're 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 done with Kansas City and we're coming up coming up that way. They have some family in the cities, but other than that they're like we just heard really great things about your area and they wanted to be on a lake so they picked Lake Wasota. Huh. Just kinda they're retired, so I mean that doesn't really to your to your question not not exactly poignant, but they just kinda chose the area. Another question I've got, I kind of have there, you know, we, we talk about people just trying to get into homes and what have you. As we have moved into this current time period, what are some of the key things, though, people are looking for in a home? Everybody's a little bit different, of course, mm-hmm. want to be by the lake in Lake Wissota or whether they want to be in a small house uh, on the, the East Hill in Eau Claire. But what are some of the things that transcend price demographic all of that yeah i mean pricing is is really the the most important part when someone comes to me and like all right, i'm looking for that next that next home it's like okay where's your price range once you figure that out exactly like okay it's 500,000 then then we can dig into okay are you looking for is your family growing quickly do you need more square footage do you want to be in a rural setting you know then then it's almost I'm just putting that question back on to the buyer and, and it goes all across the board, right? I mean, most of the time folks are just looking to upgrade their home. That can be kind of subjective, but most of the time it just means a little bit bigger and a little bit newer, maybe a three car garage instead of a two car garage, just maybe looking to get a little bit bigger. Um, obviously there's that the opposite side of that too, where people are looking to downsize. They've maybe been living in Putnam Heights for 25 years and now they're like get me out in fall creek or get me out in the country somewhere on five acres Um, but for the most part it's folks that are just looking to upgrade in size and age and quality if you will now it it does the eau claire market or even the chippewa valley market is there much in terms of flipping going on i mean i think there are a lot of folks out there with hgtv and but 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 the one thing i don't see is that there's very, I mean, with houses selling so quickly, there really isn't a time to do a whole lot of improvements. So, I mean, is is that an element to our market or not so much? There are there are flippers out there. That it's, it's tougher to do. I think a lot of folks would love to do it, but to find a home at a reasonable price to then put money back into it and then turn it over to make make enough money to have it be worth your time is the is the tough part. There are definitely avenues with sheriff sales and, you know, different foreclosure sites that, to be completely honest, I don't know a ton about because when people do ask me about it and we try to go down that avenue, there's a lot of time invested in that. So I I have to kind of allocate my resources and time to more personal clients that need that that, that extra time. But there are ways to do that. their their risk though i mean if you go buy a house at the sheriff's sale you likely haven't been inside that home mm-hmm. you know it's you're kind of looking through the windows and you just all right let's see what it let's see what it goes for you know what's the opening bid and then we'll kind of judge it from there and take a risk but well that being said what um say like home improvements if you do have a home and you're not looking to sell it but you're thinking well maybe five years down the line i'm going to put some money in my house what kind of 
um, improvements now still deliver the highest return yeah. as opposed to saying, well, if you put money, if you're putting the pool in your backyard, that might not be a big, big deal. But if you do this, that or something else, that will give you a lot of bang for your buck. Yeah. Opening up any, if you have a home built in the early 90s or 80s, you likely have a couple too many walls that don't need to be there or don't have to be there because they're not load bearing. So an open concept is still popular and then putting money in your kitchen and if you have a master bath money in your master bath you you're going to get that back probably a little quicker than chucking carpet down in your living room or you know little cosmetic things like that but yeah kitchen open master bath flip side things that just really don't deliver i mean I, i guess i can't even really specifically name one um I know one thing well, I've heard is just highly customized things. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if obviously you're, you know, you're, if you're a Viking fan and you do everything in, in, in purple, <laughs> probably not going to be a big selling agent around mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah, there's been some weird things that I've seen in the last couple of years, but it just didn't matter because the house was selling anyways. And you can change paint and you can take deer heads off the wall and all that, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. Um yeah that's a tough one I mean just in general too much clutter is gonna deter you from probably getting the best price which is kind of weird because it's the easiest thing to do is just get rid of all your stuff right (laughs) not all your stuff but like hide it yeah grab a storage unit storage units are pretty cheap you can grab one for a couple months get rid of your stuff the kiss method is still I think very effective keep it simple stupid get rid of all this clutter and keep your house really clean and i'll say declutter again but declutter cleanliness and update anything that is glaringly wrong you have any uh fun stories from walking into uh walking into homes as he takes a drink of his beverage before he has to answer this (laughs) yeah um a couple t- I did have to walk in not have to but I, I accidentally walked in on some folks that did not know we were supposed to be there that's never fun um, just that's never that's always embarrassing and both times it was a, a tenant situation where they were notified but probably forgot or whatever that's always embarrassing um, there was a home it wasn't it wasn't this last year but it was it was a year before but it was it was one of those foreclosure type homes that was so must have been so damp for so long and it had so much mold on it it was like forming or foaming off the ceiling it literally looked like foam coming down off the ceiling the fan the ceiling fan in the living room that uh it had like you know the wooden fans Mm -hmm. they were wilted Oh my gosh! They were wilt. We walked in, and turned around and went right back out. It's just not going to go in that one. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good question. I should have thought about that more today. Because I'm as when I like later tonight, I'm going to think of about three or four that I could have told them. And, and how excited do you get? And of course, the the people still need to have their offer accepted. But how excited do you get when you're walking a client around and you can see in their eyes yeah. immediately that's 
that's the home that's maybe you've had to show them 10 places all 10 places and they've they've liked it but not so much then you walk in the number 11 and their 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 eyes are a dead giveaway yeah um that's actually so that's a great feeling right and because of how much quality the pictures are now if you if you especially if you hire i mean your phone takes a great picture but if you hire you know a handful of the really good photographers around here that do real estate photos i actually get excited when i see it on my computer or on my phone when it hits as a brand new brand new listing within the first few seconds when i flip through i'm like ooh that's perfect for so and so like i'm like that is the, I, I can almost tell that's the one i just i know it but then yeah you're right when you get there and you walk in it usually only takes a few minutes to be like okay now what's our strategy to actually get this accepted offer because if you love it most likely there's going to be a few others that like it as well so all right how much how much are you willing to spend is basically what you need to think about so a couple of years ago in the middle of, of covid remote working became a big big mm-hmm. deal and people were buying homes based on that um is that still a thing hundred percent a hundred percent and that that goes it doesn't just mean that they wanted to move to a rural setting or whatever it just more meant okay in that home now where where am i going to have my office Uh, that's a hundred percent a new thing on a tangent to that it's made my job from a logistical timing perspective easier with a with a young family who sports and just things going on it's made my world easier because they're able to have a free hour from 10 to 11 or two to three or whatever it isn't all just packed into an evening because i can remember that you know again i've been in it for a long time but i'm just you know five years ago six years ago i rarely had dinner with my family until unless we just did it later because like between that four to seven thirty was just like prime time bang 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 you know people had to get off with work and maybe it's even more than five years ago i mean time flies but the advent of being able to work remotely and the technology in your hand with your phone not just punching into a clock right i mean you can you can be free to do things during the day made made my family life a lot easier that's for sure being a, a able to be home or be somewhere with them but still being connected to everything i know we're getting short on time here but a couple areas i wanted to touch mm-hmm. quickly you know, we all, we think in terms of single-family homes, but there's a growing area out there with um, twin homes. Uh, mm-hmm. Where do you see the, mar- the market evolving to? Well, that's going to continue to be a popular part, those twin homes, because, again, we have a lot of people that want to live here and are either moving here or, you know, not moving away from after graduating college. So the amount of space we have to continue developments with one acre lots and two acre lots and things like that is going to be lesser. So those twin homes are not, not going to cool. stop. I mean, they're selling as fast as you can build them essentially. And that's been happening for four years. Well, I know in the recent issue with, um, you know, Eau Claire, um, trying to annex property south of the city yeah. and have that be, you know, rejected by the yep. town of Washington. And I understand the sensitivity of the folks down there, but from a, space availability for single-family homes Mm -hmm. that's not a good good omen for the area i i agree i i do feel for those folks that live around 
live around the that area um it, but as a as a general for the city for growth that that would have made sense and maybe it who knows what will happen here going forward i'm sure there's still going to be a fight with that but final question for you yeah downtown living I mean, that was a, a, going to be a, a big thing. It still is. I mean, I know with the conversion of the Severson home downtown, downtown and uh, the current and lots of explosion of, of downtown options for living. Um, do you see that growth continuing? And I, 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 I find that to be a section of the market that has kind of gone from nothing to huge. Any insight of where that's going? Insight? Not not like officially, but as popular as downtown Eau Claire is on really on both sides of the river there, it it really there's there's no other answer but yes, it's going to continue to be popular. And you know you look at where do you go to kind of expand that? So I'm not sure yet, but you know behind the wigwam, there's a lot of those homes in there that I know have come for sale, and maybe there'll be something happening in that area um but yeah it's going to continue to be popular for sure well scott thanks so much for joining us today this has been great we've been doing with the scott state we've been talking with scott wolf thanks for listening to uh scott and i chat over a beverage today if you like what you've heard please give banker with a beer a five-star rating and a review on apple podcasts tell your friends about us and follow us on apple podcasts spotify the northwestern bank website wherever you like to listen to your podcast from Banker with the Beer is sponsored by Northwestern Bank, building stronger communities where people matter.